your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, and this episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get your football on time with NFL Game Pass. See all of the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with a condensed game. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. And it officially won't stop for a very long time, at least tonight, as your Houston Texans kick off the NFL season against the Kansas City Chiefs for the last time we saw those guys. Didn't end where we wanted it to end. You know, a heartbreaker. You know, a letdown, a disappointment. Uh, some may call it angering. But I tell you one thing, the Houston Texans have a lot of expectations going into this season. First and foremost, you know what we don't mention enough? They won the division last year with Tennessee right on their heels. And I believe Tennessee just got better with signing Jadavion Clowney, adding him to that defensive uh, unit, which seemed to be stout. And Clowney had his best year under Mike Vrabel, right? So they got better. And the expectations for Houston is high because, you know, you've won this division a few times now in the last few years. Everybody else has been to the AFC championship game. It's time for you to take that next step. And the, the, the next team that is primed to actually take your spot as division champs just got better. So it's imperative and very important that they start this year off pretty good. And I believe they start off one and one. That's a good start to the rest of the season. I think they beat Baltimore. I don't think they will win tonight against Kansas City, but it'll be a good game. And it will show, hopefully, at least it'll show what Houston is going to be made of for the rest of the 15 games. Well, of course, this episode is uh, actually a crossover episode where I will be joined by Chris Clark over at Locked On Chiefs, where we will discuss the game tonight. Um, as you guys know, who are, might be familiar with the crossover, we used to do it on Wednesdays. Now we're doing it on Thursday. So today is the first installment of Crossover Thursday. But John, to piggyback off of everything that you just said, I'm not under the impression that the signing of Jadavion Clowney will make them, will push them over the edge of making them better than the Houston Texans. Um, because Clowney had a bad season last year, and it was part of the reason why he was still out on the market until, when, when, when did he get signed? Like Sunday or something along those lines? I mean, yes, adding him to that defense does make it better, but if he give you the production that he gave you in Seattle, I, I, I don't see it happening. Of course, the success of that team all depends on Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry can come out and give you the production, if not a better production than he did in 2019, that's where I will start getting concerned that the Tennessee Titans might take over as the leader of this AFC South. But, but as you know, the Houston Texans will begin their journey to defending their AFC South title tonight at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And with that being said, we have a quick injury report for you guys. Brandon Cooks, Cullen Gillespie, and Jonathan Grenard are all questionable for tonight's game at the time of this recording. I want to add, there is still questions surrounding Cooks and that quad injury that we've been talking about all this week. But like I said on yesterday, if he needs an extra week to rest that quad, 
that way we know for sure we can have a healthy Brandon Cooks moving forward. I will be okay if he sits out tonight. And let's talk about tonight. Cody, I know you have the locked over crossover, locked on crossover with the Kansas City Chiefs, locked on Chiefs, and I can't wait to, for you guys to hear that. Um, but I want to I look at how the Texans can win this game. And, and when we look at that playoff game, they started the game very unpredictable, right? They started the game very, you know, all hands on deck, we're going to go out there and we're going to fly. You know, they started the game pretty fast. And Houston has a tendency, whether it has been in the Bill O'Brien era, where it has been in the Gary Kubiak era, it's something about the makeup of this team since the inaugural season where the Texans have this tendency to be slow, be predictable, be vanilla, have this vanilla offense where it's just like you call that play and they run it. I've actually done that plenty of times. And so they cannot do that with the Kansas City Chiefs, but they can't do that at no point of this season. You guys got to understand, they are looking to change a culture that necessarily was created by the head coach and GM. He's been here seven years. The culture has already been what it was. And so he's trying to work back to a culture of where he wants it to be after, especially after bringing in Jack Easterby and, the, the New England bloodline here, right? And I think that's a big reason why they went to go find Brandon Cooks, who spent time in New England. But they need to start right now with not being predictable. I don't care if you lose. I don't. I don't want to see the same thing from 2019, 2018. I don't want to see that. I want to see you be more unpredictable with your play calling. I want to see more exotic looks. I want to see better matchup schematics-wise. I want to see this, right? we got to understand, Kansas City Chiefs is basically returning everybody. The Houston Texans had a lot of shakeup this offseason. So it's okay if they drop game one. I just want to see the difference from last year to this year. With that being said, my prediction for tonight's game is 38-35. I think we may get a high-scoring game. I'm going to give two predictions. 38-35, Kansas City. 35-27, Kansas City. But those are my two scores. I think 38-35 or 35-27. Both go to Kansas City. All of that being said, and Thursday night football around the corner this season, like I told you guys earlier, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. So none of that other flack that you don't care for. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all of the action, all of the football you can handle in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You can also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from players' perspective as they break down game concepts and techniques. Learn from your Houston Texans star Deshaun Watson, or you can learn from Stephen Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. And welcome back to another crossover episode. I have Cody Davis from Locked On Houston Texans. Cody, how's it going today? 
Doing well, man. Today is opening night. I cannot wait. You know, it's just something about starting a new season. Everybody has a fresh slate. You know, you're trying to put the the mistakes of the past season behind you. And it's it's just fun. It's just fun. I hope it stay like this, you know, just pure fun, you know, just look towards the future, a future that looks very good in the city of Houston, I, I might add. Well, and you say it looks very good in the city of Houston. I can't say blame you on that. Uh, Houston did very well last year, although they felt they kind of ran into a buzzsaw in Kansas City, and we know how that ended up. I don't want to rehash that right now, uh, but I really do appreciate having you on. And so the way we're going to do this is I believe you're going to ask me questions for the first section, and then we will come back and I will ask you some questions about the Texans. So I'll let you go ahead and get started. Yes, sir. So, you know, first and foremost, when you talk about um, the Kansas City Chiefs, it seems like you guys are just about the perfect NFL team. You know, you guys were the best team over the last two seasons. And if it wasn't for a bogus overtime rule, you guys possibly could be sitting on two championships rings, I might add, as of right now. But, you know, the the one negative about Kansas City when you take a look at this team is the fact that you guys had you guys have had problems at stopping the run game. And going into this season, how confident are you in the defensive line this year? And do you believe it would be better in 2020? You know, I do think it's going to be better in 2020. I, I think that they got better on the defensive line. And I think that's what you're looking at is you'll have a healthy Chris Jones. Uh, hopefully you're going to have a healthy Frank Clark. He's been dealing with a little bit of a stomach virus during training camp, but hopefully that's not going to keep him from uh, being able to play and play well. Uh, and then you've got Alex Okafor as your other defensive end, and you've got Derek Nottie, and both of those guys uh, are really going to help in the running game. The bigger question when it comes to the running game is, are their linebackers going to be solid uh, behind them and fit in where they're supposed to to really stop the run? Uh, and that's the big thing for Kansas City. If their linebackers can play a little bit better, I think that their defensive line will be good enough to slow down the running game at least a little bit. Uh, I mean, you saw it against the Tennessee Titans last year. Kansas City actually shorted up and, and was able to stop Derrick Henry for the most part during that game in the playoffs. Sounds good. You know, that, like I mentioned, that seems like the only negative of this team because offensively, you guys are like damn near perfect. And, you know, when you talk about a team that's going in facing against Kansas City, everyone is focused on Patrick Mahomes. How do you stop him? It's the biggest how do you, how can you do X, Y, and Z to keep Patrick Mahomes from creating another phenomenal play? But you guys have another deadly weapon in a guy who recorded 134 yards on 10 receptions on the Texans during that terrible, heartbreaking AFC divisional round game. And of course, I'm talking about no other than, in my eyes, the best tight end in the game. Travis Kelsey. We've watched Travis Kelsey from afar over the past couple of years. I believe he was drafted in 2013. And this is a guy who has continuously improved every single year. After he has signed this big contract, he's going to be with you guys for a long term, just like Mahomes. Do you think he's going to reach another level of excellence in 2020? You know, you look at Travis Kelsey, and I think he's going to be a, a great tight end. I think he's going to be the best tight end in football in 2020. I think that that could continue through 2021 and 2022. But to be fair to Kelsey, he is one of the older tight ends in the NFL when it comes to that label. So the question is, is how long is he going to be able to s sustain it? Uh, at this point, he looks like he's going to be good going into this year, and I think that he'll have a fantastic year this year. But the bigger question is, is, is that going to continue through the long term? I do like the fact that they signed him long-term to, to play with Patrick Mahomes for the next several seasons. 
Uh, and I do think that he's going to get better this year because uh, at this point, you know, this is going to be his third year going in an offense playing with Patrick Mahomes as his QB. Uh, they are very comfortable together. Mahomes trusts Kelsey implicitly, will give him an opportunity to get the ball. And I think that's really going to benefit Kansas City. Speaking of Mahomes, I mean, this is a guy who has set the NFL world, possibly the sports world, on fire over the last two seasons. How much better do you think Patrick Mahomes can get? Which is a very scary question I might have to ask. I was going to say, isn't that kind of a scary question to ask? You know, you look at Patrick Mahomes, and I think that there are things that he can improve on. Uh, You know, one of the things that, you know, he really struggled with last year, uh, he, he struggled sometimes early in games and getting a little bit pumped up for games and, and being a little overzealous when, at different times. I think he worked on that towards the end of the end of the season. But you still look at the situation in the playoffs. I mean, he really started slow the first all all of the games in the playoffs, really, uh, and then ended up was able to turn it on and come back and and take Kansas City to winning the Super Bowl. So. You know, that's a scary thought that he wasn't able to get it going early, but he's able to turn it on enough to where he can take over a game and, and win it for you. Uh, you know, you look at him being here long-term now with that contract, uh, he is going to be here for the long haul, and that's a fantastic thing for Kansas City. You've got that position solidified for the next 10 years, and you're able to build pieces around him, and I think that's the biggest thing is you're able to continue to give him weapons. He's got Tyree Kill. He's got Travis Kelsey. Oh, and let's not forget he's got Sammy Watkins, and another guy named Nicole Hardman, who I think is going to take a big step forward this year, that played pretty well last year. Do you think the Chiefs, especially in this first game tonight, do you think we're going to see them suffer from a championship hangover? Because ever since you guys won that championship, you guys have been the darling of the NFL from record-breaking contracts. Almost every time I'm looking up at, at a commercial, I'm seeing somebody from the Chiefs being featured. Do you think the league, and especially Kansas City, needs to worry about you guys suffering from that hangover. You know, when it comes to having a hangover, I, I really have a hard time believing that Kansas City is going to suffer for one. I think one of the things that you deal with when you deal with a Super Bowl hangover is you're dealing with players that are not, you know, they're still celebrating the year before. Kansas City's already really moved on. You watch, uh, There was a video that came out when they raised the banner at Arrowhead, and it was the entire team watching them raise the banner, and they didn't really even get excited. The entire team has seemingly moved on. Don't get me wrong. They were excited that they had it and, and whatnot, and they were happy. But they've already moved on, and they're ready for this year. They, they realize 2020 is, is going to be another year where they want to go win a championship. I mean, they talked about during the ring ceremony, Frank Clark said, tweeted out that he was sitting there with his dogs talking about how nice the rings were but wanting to go get another one for next year. So this team has already moved on, and I think they're focused on 2020. Last question before moving on to the Texans side of things. What is an under-the-radar player the Texans need to look out for tonight? You know, you look at this team, and it's really hard for me to pick an under-the-radar player. And I hate going with this one because I have a feeling he's not really under the radar. But considering he's a rookie, I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You look at Kansas City, you look at all the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has. uh, And we've already mentioned all the receivers that he's got. But now he's got a running back that – in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that I think is going to be a phenomenal player for Kansas City. I think he fits what this offense and what Andy Reid really wants to do, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that is something that they're going to take advantage of, especially when the if the Texans play a lot of man and they try to line up a linebacker on them. I think they're going to take advantage of that with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
So when we get back, I will start asking Cody some questions about the Houston Texans. All right, Cody. So let's get into this. And I have to ask this. I wasn't even going to ask this question, but since it happened, what are you, what can you tell our listeners about this Deshaun Watson contract? Man, you know, first and foremost, let me just say that down here in Houston, we are happy and excited knowing that we have our franchise quarterback, possibly the first franchise quarterback we ever had in this franchise history. Four years worth $177 million, $111 million guaranteed. Um, as of right now, I believe he is the second highest paid player in the league, only behind you know who, <laughs> making an average around $30 million per year. So, you know, th- this Deshaun Watson contract, he's locked in for the next six years. We can celebrate now, but when Deshaun Watson signed his name on the dotted line to make this official, I'm under the impression that the clock is starting to tick on the Houston Texans because we all know the moves that Bill O'Brien has made. Now, in the long term, it looks like he knew what he was doing, but in the short term, losing to Davion Clowney and losing DeAndre Hopkins, if if you look at this team, you can, nobody believes that this team is a Super Bowl contender. With that being said, the Texans are in a situation where they need to make sure that they get Deshaun Watson at least an AFC championship game, a Super Bowl game in these next six years. Because if they don't, you're looking at a situation down the line where the Houston Texans can lose Deshaun Watson, who's only going to be 30 years old, I, I need to add. They're going to lose him for little to nothing. So this contract extension, yes, we could celebrate now, but it's really time for the Texans could get things going. You know, we have had an up and down year with this franchise ever since 20, well, ever since 2002, when this franchise got started, you know, we'll have one or two good seasons where we'll go 10 and six, 11 and five or whatever, get to the playoffs. And we are bounced out by the divisional round. As you saw last season, it is time to get this team over the hump. And Deshaun Watson said to himself, He is focused on completing a big three in championships when it comes to football. He won in high school. He won in college. And he is dying to win a championship in the NFL. I'm hoping, he hoping, everyone in the city of Houston is hoping that it's with the Texans, not with another team because they couldn't get it done in this six-year window. Well, and you start bringing up Deshaun Watson and his contract, and I I think that you start looking at what they're going to have to do to put players around him and – you said this, and I'm glad you said it because it actually leads me to my next question. How do you feel that they're going to replace De- DeAndre Hopkins? Because I understand that they went out and got Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks isn't DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> no, he, he's definitely not um, DeAndre Hopkins. But the way I'm looking at this team, and I believe this is how the way Bill O'Brien and the Texans are seeing it as well, you know, they're not looking at this as we have to find a guy to replace DeAndre Hopkins. Um, last week, I believe it was last Thursday, um, I had an opportunity to ask O'Brien, you know, who do he believe would step in and be the Texans' number one receiver? And he told me that he never looked at this team of having a primary number one receiver, which I'm calling bogus on that statement, by the way. But, <laughs> you know, instead, it's more along the lines of, getting a group of talented guys that they have acquired this offseason who can not only make up for the loss of Hopkins, but can actually put this team in a situation where they can actually be better. Because think about it, Chris, in the past, when the Texans had DeAndre Hopkins, their offense was pretty predictable because we all knew if all else fails, Hop was going to bail this team out. 
Now you remove him from the team. You replace him with Cooks, Randall Cobbs, and even David Johnson to a certain extent, you know. Now the Texans have a variety of weapons that they can go out and attack their opponents with. And that is the plan on how they're going to replace DeAndre Hopkins and what he brought to this team for seven years. Because think about it. Outside of slowing down Deshaun Watson, the game plan was always, how do you contain DeAndre Hopkins? And rightfully so, because he is arguably the best wideout in the game. Now you remove him from the team. You have a whole bunch of guys on this receiving core that that can be a threat on any given Sunday, which of course, in this case, is on a Thursday, but that is the plan. Giving Deshaun Watson a variety of options instead of giving him one guy that he can always target. Last year, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the the Texans Chiefs game in the playoffs, but I can't I bet imagine. You did. Huh? <laughs> I, I bet you did. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you were enjoying it for the first quarter. Um, but how does this team? How does your team? really respond to that game because this is going to be their first game and their first opportunity to come back after that playoff loss, which I'm sure humiliating might not be the right word, but I'm sure it was very humbling at least. That that playoff game, first and foremost, let me just say the Texans realized that the game is won after 60 minutes, not the first 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, going back and I actually – took time to go and relive that horrible championship well not championship but relive that horrible playoff game and you know look the Texans they were up 24 nothing heading into the second quarter but to me personally I don't think Houston ever had an opportunity to say that they had a grasp on that game because if you go back and take a look at it they have more lucky situations than coming out finding their rhythm and getting things going, you know, because outside of Watson finding Kenny Stills for the touchdown to open up the game, their next two scores were basically Lutz, misfortune against you guys that worked out in the Texans' favor. That was the block punt that resulted in the touchdown from Lonnie Johnson Jr., Tyreek Hill, which I still don't understand how he did that. He muffled a pump that resulted in a touchdown from a touchdown to Darren Fails. Well, and even and even the play that went to Kenny Stills was a blown coverage. Yeah, I mean, but, no, no offense to you guys, yeah. <laughs> but, but it wasn't it wasn't like you guys made a stupendous play or anything. It was a blown coverage. So I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It, exactly, you know, and that proves my point. And it basically goes back to what you mentioned in the last segment: how Patrick Mahomes he seemed like he just get too pumped up for big games. Honestly, Kansas City, you guys came out and it was basically Mahomes overthrowing someone or they was literally just dropping passes. The Texans defense wasn't doing anything. The Texans offense, I mean, yeah, they scored, but like I mentioned, those was just mishaps that just worked out in the Texans' favor. Once Kansas City got things going, that was the game. I think what the Texans need to do to get over that hump, and this is possibly the biggest lesson that they can take away from this, is always to make sure that you find your rhythm and get things going early. Because I guarantee you, if we were up 24 nothing, and it was the result of the defense playing good and the offense playing good, that game would have ended differently for the Texans. Yep. So who is one player on the Houston Texans that you think is an under-the-radar player that Chiefs fans ought to be watching out for Thursday night? Um, I'm going to have to say my my new guy, David Johnson. <laughs> you know, I know that might be a name that a lot of people might be scratching their head 
hear that, but you know, this man is going to be on a mission this season. And from what I saw from the few times I was at training camp, Johnson looks healthy. He looks explosive and he hears all the chatter, you know, that he is past his prom, that he is nowhere near the player that he was. He's washed, you know, and all that. This guy is on a mission. And now with that being said, do I expect David Johnson to be the guy that we saw in 2016 that nearly recorded a thousand in a thousand? No, I do not. But I'm expecting a big year from him. And not only is this a national televised game, but this is the first game of a new season. And I'm predicting him to record over 100 yards this game. And besides, everyone knows how great of a team Kansas City is. The best opportunity you have at beating the Chiefs is attacking them with your run game. And we all saw it. I believe it was week five or week six last season when the Texans did beat you guys in Arrowhead Stadium. They got a tremendous boot, a boost from Carlos High, who exploded for 116 yards on 26 carries. Yeah, it was kind of a revenge game for him, for sure. <laughs> All right, so we're to the fun part of this. Who do you Who are you picking to win, and what do you think the score is going to be? Well, of course, I'm riding with my guys in Houston, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, I, I've, I've, I've been saying this all year, and I, and I really do feel like this. This is a must-win game for the Texans, you know, because given everything that has happened this offseason, I, I kind of feel like if the Texans go into Arrowhead Stadium and get a win, it can set a tone for these guys for the rest, for the rest of the season. But if they go in – and Lord have mercy, if they end up blowing another big lead, man, you know, 2020 <laughs> might be a, a terrible year for us, a long year for us. But, you know, I'm going to ride with my guys. I'm going to say they're going to go in, you know, two first teams, explosive quarterbacks, possibly the best two quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Texans. I got them winning a close one, 30 to 27. I say Texans win off a field goal. Yeah, and I'm going to have to say this is going to be a close game. And I'm not necessarily going to say it's going to be a close game because I think both offenses are going to tear the field up, although I think that that's possible. Mm -hmm. I think that this is going to be, in some ways, maybe an ugly game, uh, mainly because they really haven't played games yet at this point. They've had practices, but without playing anything in the preseason, you're going to be getting all the kinks out in this first game, and I think it could lead to an ugly game. Uh, I still think that it could be high scoring because I don't think defenses are going to be as sound. So I do think Kansas City ends up winning this game. I'm going to go 35-27. Hmm. Sounds good, man. Well, we will see tonight. All right, Cody, thank you very much. We really do appreciate having you on. And thank you all for listening, and we will be back with you tomorrow. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.